0: Hey, everybody, this is Stephanie. Just before you get started on this episode, I wanted to give you a heads up, if you missed it in, in the last episode, that um, Sarah and I have kind of dropped our filters for season three of Authentic Life Radio, and so there is some mild cursing in this episode, and if you don't want to listen to it with your children present, um, I completely understand. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Authentic Life Radio. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. I'm Sarah. <laughs> I love this. This is this is my favorite this will be my favorite season of of ALR. <laughs> She's Sarah.
1: I'm Sarah, yep. Oh, speaking of <laughs> do you know that on November eighteenth it's National Princess Day? Really? There's actually. A national princess day. It's well, November eighteenth. Yeah, Can no. you? That's isn't that exciting. That is exciting. So maybe I should just start saying, and I'm Princess Sarah. Maybe that would be that'll work. Well, we'll keep going with Sarah for a little bit until we figure out what it is who, who I am. I don't know who I am, but I, I know that I'm Sarah. So that's a good start. <laughs> it is a good start. It's a great start. <laughs> so how are you? I'm doing. I'm doing well. I mean, for the most part, there's still. i we talked a little bit before this and just being authentic and real is what I want to bring before here. I mean, there's still struggles of figuring out normalcy and a a new rhythm and a, um, between not being a wife and I'm not really, um, I mean, I'm experiencing an empty nest right now for the most part. It's, I'm figuring out just a whole new way to do life. It's, and it's, it's scary. It's also, um, It's difficult, but I love that I also have this time to figure out who I am. That's why I'm Sarah right now, and um, and and it's good. I mean, difficult but good. Good, yeah. How are you? And since um the last episode that we had was very, I mean, a difficult episode. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing. I'm doing well. I am. I am. Um, I'm adjusting. You know, mm-hmm. I um am sad sometimes and then can't remember why I'm sad until I remember why I'm sad. And um and I I'm I'm adjusting. It, it's different it's a different thought process. Like I remember um waking up that Wednesday morning and just i that I woke up that win that Wednesday morning, and like one of my f- first thoughts was like, nanny's not waking up today, mm. and so like that was now, on the other hand, I fully know that she is awake and she is alive and more she alive is, than she is, she's is ever more been. alive than she's ever been, which is saying something because that woman knew how to live and and so it, it's just it's it's an it's an adjustment, you know. To, um,
1: yeah, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking. I mean, there, mm-hmm. the only thing guaranteed in life truly is just change. Mm-hmm. And I keep one of the things that my divorce and taught me is that I tried to keep things this like I wanted things to be stable. I wanted to have this. I'm going to use air quotes of this normalcy and all of that things. That's, I I have to understand that everything's always changing and, and, and if I don't change, you know, be, you have to grieve and you have to do all of those things, but you change is an opportunity for growth. Yes. Change is an opportunity for discovering new things. Change is an opportunity for, to experience emotions in ways that you never thought. So, um, I keep saying I want normalcy. I keep saying I want stability. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know what I mean? It's an, an it's it's an unrealistic expectation to think that. I mean, I might have days where I, some things stay the same, but for the most part, I'm all I'm pretty much always encountering something new. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes,
0: I I know what you mean. I think that I have been fighting against the word normal for. A very long time. Mm -hmm. I'm not normal. I'm not... Oh, my goodness. Okay. Your dog's not normal. My dog is not normal. Okay, my (laughs) pup, let me tell you guys, is like mom's best friend. You know, when I first recorded A Thriving Mosaic that we just got a puppy and we had only had him for a few days and I was like, it's it's, he's McKenna's pup Uh and, you know he that's that was his purpose he was bought to be mckenna's um emotional support animal and let me just tell you he's my pup in every way and so he knows that i'm in the house but i'm not in the same room as him and mckenna put him in what we refer to as puppy prison which is his playpen he has toys he's got a pillow he you know
1: He's a pampered pooch. He's for sure.
0: yeah, he's living the life. But his mama is somewhere else. And so he's just, you know, like all other toddlers in my life, gonna make himself known. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have toddlers now, but when I did, they made themselves known until, you know, mm-hmm. mama reappeared. And Yeah. Then he'll be fine. But anyway, I can hear him. I'm sure y'all can hear him. And uh He's very making himself known acting. <laughs> so i I'm not normal, and I actually strive to be not normal, but that doesn't mean that I don't desire routine
1: that's what i mean by- and
0: mm-hmm. and structure mm-hmm. and um and so i i get what you're i get what you're saying i do you you your structure and your routine um exploded <laughs> there's just no other way to put it yeah i mean the, the, and, uh, and and it was not stable for
1: the last five years seven, seven years seven uh, years. but before oh before before um before my ex left yeah no it wasn't it was um he so yeah it was yeah, so, so like five what years your normal before, was was right. constantly
0: changing correct in in that time to to the end so um so you should be used to rolling with the
1: punches, girl let me tell you (laughs) i actually i i and i mean that in a joking manner no i know i know i i get that i think and that's exactly i don't know if i'll if i ever if i get into a routine if i'll know but so i was talking to um I was talking to someone uh, a friend of mine and I was saying that I hadn't been happy like i haven't i hadn't like to truly experience the emotion of happiness uh, when you're in such when you're in such a pit and and you know and depression's covering you and and all of these different things to to actually experience happiness is was very foreign I mean I would have moments of happiness or things that made me happy, but to experience the emotion of happiness over you know like I, I, I was shocked. I, I've been shocked by it because I've been able to experience happiness, and I forgot what that felt like. And I was telling Cliff upstairs that, um, now I like I'm able to appreciate. Like before, it was just kind of like it was just, ex- you know, you you just right. it was expected. It was just a part of my emotional repertoire of emotions. You know what I mean? And but to actually experience experience it again, it was this overwhelming. Oh my goodness. There's that emotion again and it was in it was in this more vivid color. Right. Um it was and, and that's that's been cool to experience because when you're at the very lowest of lows and, and all of that you're able to appreciate things that you never knew that you needed to appreciate, appreciate before. before. Mm-hmm. I mean I tried in my life I really did try to be grateful and thankful for the blessings that I had and being in being mindful because i i didn't want to bury my head in the sand being mindful of that there were people that um women who are enslaved in the sex slave industry so going to india or you know just understanding that um people have great financial issues and they don't they're not able it's just that's constant stress or um losing a child and i would pray for people at you know children's hospital like i would try to be mindful but I can pray and I can do that if God prompts me to do that. But to, but to actually experience this deep dark place that I was in myself, um, I can't. I can't describe it to anybody because unless you've experienced, you just don't you just understand. understand right? like you can still pray, but I don't know. I just now is there's just this deep gratitude of understanding what Jesus says that in this world you're gonna have trouble. But take heart, I've really overcome this world. And that has taken on a new, whole new meaning for me because this world is not all that there is. And he's actually overcome it all. And anything that I have that's good comes from him. And I'm able to experience in that a, in a way of understanding his victory. Mm-hmm. So. I don't
0: know. Yeah, you do know.
1: Well, yeah, I do know. Yeah, but you do know. <laughs> you're right. I do know. I do know that. I do know that. <laughs> this place has taken where I, where I've been has helped me to understand how much I'm so grateful for Jesus yeah, for his rescue. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you do. Hmm. Uh,
1: you want me I'll to just, ask a question? Well,
0: No, I'm just, um, or do you want to say something? No, I, <laughs> yeah, I want to say something.
1: <laughs> Good. Good. I want to hear what you have to say. Well,
0: I, I'm just wondering if, if it is, um, If it if it would like even be okay to go there, go ahead. This is uh, because I I know it is. I know it is. But but there came a time. um, Obviously, I was um, with you in a lot of those last seven years, Mm -hmm. and um, saw a lot, heard a lot, was the sounding board. A lot. And we came to a time, we were at lunch, and you were telling me what was going on.
1: Mm-hmm. And... I think I remember this lunch.
0: And you you said... Um, because, here's what our friends... Our friends need to know that Sarah fought hard to save that marriage. And...
1: Didn't do it perfectly, but I no no no.
0: But but you're human,
1: right? Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I mean,
0: (laughs) you know, uh, first stone and all, but um, but you fought hard for that, and 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 this was in the season when you were still, still in the the mindset. I'm, I I love him. I'm. I'm fighting to save this marriage. This is and so but but during this lunch, um you said those those words and and then we continued to talk about what was going on. <laughs> and and you said but I love him and and I want to save this marriage and I looked at you and I said, "Why?"
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Why? Like what what is it about because in that in that place because I, I'm like I can physically see that Sarah in my mind and it's not the same Sarah who sits across from me today but um in in that space that Sarah had lost happiness and didn't know it
1: oh I I knew I had lost happiness but I didn't understand but I took it upon my like it it was my job to try to no I yeah yeah Mm.
0: and and so and so to 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 bear witness to this, Sarah, who is sitting on the other side, saying, "I found happiness again, and I have found an extreme gratitude for it because I know what it's like to be without it." <laughs>
1: <laughs> the puppy just got in trouble by Cliff. <laughs> so again, another distraction. So, yeah, that's yeah, good.
0: Um, I don't. I, I just. I. I don't know if I can ever mm-hmm. properly. Um, Express um, how in awe. Well, thank you. I of you. That. I I am. Thank and you. your um, your Christmas present came in uh, last week. It right right before. Yeah, it was I think it was like last Monday, and uh, and on Tuesday was a rough day for you, and. I was like, "Huh." I kind of
1: would have give it to her early. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure I would have loved that. So I was just sitting here thinking about how what you're saying and and and, and going back to that place. I remem- remember remembering where we were. Mm-hmm. I remember that conversation. I remember that lunch. I mean, that was in 2013. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming I'm sure that it was in 2013 yeah, 13 or 14, definitely. Um. So I remember this is more like kind of a. Th- imagine this Sarah, being more theological because it just that's where I go um but I remember my my professor Bob who I loved and we were only I'm sure I know I've talked about him in other podcast but we weren't allowed to call him anything but Bob because he just didn't want to put himself on any other pedestal but i I loved him he would um would walk around campus and you'd say uh you'd ask Bob how he was re- doing every single time without fail he'd said I'm rejoicing in the Lord didn't matter it just that was his answer I, and it was it was a true answer. I mean, he, you could see it. You could see his um you could see how he interacted with Jesus just on a personal level. It was really really cool. But um in systematic theology, he talked about, you know, when people ask the question, if God's all powerful and if he truly exists, why why, you know, why does he um not just why doesn't he just make people be in relationship with him basically, mm-hmm. you know? And um why does he, and so I remember him explaining it that God is love, and this talks about it in 1 John, but he said, because God is love, um, he has to give free will. Mm-hmm. He has to, because love is a choice, a decision. And if you force yourself on someone, or if you try to force relationship, it ceases to be love. And you can't have, you just can't have relationship when you're forcing yourself. I look back on that time, and I think, I could not, there's nothing that I could do to make my my ex loved me mm-hmm. and understanding it didn't matter what I did or how hard I fought or whatever. He that that wasn't, he just that's not what he wanted. And it's, I wasn't what he wanted that our relationship, our marriage, it you know, and, and it took an understanding. I mean, God, you know, has had to hit me upside the head of you have to let him go because just like I have to let people go that don't want relationship with me, you're going to have to do that. But I took that upon myself. And I, and I think people need to hear that it, I did. I, again, I will never, I know that I did things wrong in my marriage. I get, I just, I just need to keep saying, i like, I wasn't perfect. I, 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 I'm sure I know that I did hurtful things. I, throughout when we were first married, throughout our marriage and throughout the, I, I get all of that. I understand that. Um, but that, his rejection of me, his his rejection of our marriage, I took that upon myself as a rejection of me, person, like, like there's something wrong with me. And um, what I'm learning is that God has rescued me to allow me to be fully who I am. And I am wonderfully made. And there are people in my life that show that to me, that that want to be in relationship with me, that love me, that value me, that even with my quirks, even with the ways that I mess up, even with all of that, that there are people that actually choose to be in relationship with me. And I have nothing to hide. I I remember... um, I, I there are things that he has that that he has said to me that play over and over and over if I allow them to over and over in my mind that made me really believe that I that I just didn't have any worth and value and um and so I think why I'm telling you or saying that is because I know that there are people out there that struggle with the same thing and people um if you give um course, he was my husband, so I wanted to believe, you know, and 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 wanted to, you know, it. It's a very hard thing, but when those things were spoken, I just took them to heart, and I'm sensitive anyway. So, if you can believe that, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I just took it to heart. Um, But I will say, I've gotten to the place now that his words hold no meaning. In Proverbs, it says words have the power of life and death, mm-hmm. and I have learned to let them go because they were speaking death over me and I want life and so I'm surrounding myself with people who allow me to be who God created me to be and who want me who want me and value me for that and it's made me become alive because that's because they're speaking life into me. Why are hmm. you laughing? I'm nothing. I just I know I, what
0: I love watching i I just love what nobody has the right to define
1: our worth, correct. Nobody has that right only only God himself, only God himself, and we are created in his image. and so when when we were when he breathed life into us, he was he was saying, Be who you're created, be actually live. And when we allow people to speak to speak stuff over us that it's just not true so so many times we and i've done this too where i've uh, where i've said things out of selfishness or i've said things out of hurt or i've said things out of anger and it's ended up hurting someone and my words at that point were speaking death and what i should be doing is speaking life and and accepting people that doesn't mean that there aren't things in my life that I need to change or somebody loves me, but they're gonna come to me because they want life to go well for me. And they're gonna come to me and say, Hey Sarah, you're kind of screwing up here in this way. Those kinds of people, and I have a I have a couple of those people who who do that, who challenge me, who who speak things and I welcome it um, because I know that they are for my good. I know that they're speaking things for my benefit to help me to help me live. Um, I understand their heart. Um, and I, I have to make a conscious choice to not let those words of death speak over me because it's a conscious choice. Um, but I'm getting better at it every day. doesn't mean I do it well all the time, but I'm getting better at it. I know I'm human. I get it. I know.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) She's just saying she's speaking. She's speaking life over me. I just said, I'll take, I'll take what, what people have to say. And she's like, Well.
0: You said you would take it. I and, know. That's exactly and, right.
1: Yeah. No, I. So what I'd really like, I was just telling Cliff, I just want to put this. I mean, one of my dreams is. Um, I feel like I'm doing a lot of the talking and I'm sorry about that. But my one of my dreams is to. Um, I'm not. <laughs> one of my dreams is to because of everything that I've experienced, I've always had a heart and passion for women, women's ministry, women in particular, just all of that um is to form groups or to form I'm not see, I'm I don't even have a way to do this like say it but I like haven't I want to minister to women who who are going through a divorce or who have gone through a divorce and build community in that the christian I'm just going to call out the christian community and say we lack that we we do we um because i it's such it's really hard to embrace, um, it's just really hard to embrace divorce because there's so much devastation. There's so much hurt and there's so much, of course, that we as the church want to, um, build into families that are, that are, you know, that need it. And I want that too. I totally understand that. But then there are people that need, um, women who need this support to understand that they're not alone. And I think we're so much, so many times we take it upon ourselves that we're the only one experiencing this or that nobody will understand what I have learned being around other women who have experienced is that my, my experience is not, um, they share so much in common with, with just what we've gone through and, and how we feel and all of that. So my dream eventually, or whenever God says do it, if I'm and I've I listened and obey and I'm brave, is to <laughs> I get it. Um, but is to to form a community for women so we can speak life into each other. I would love to do that, and you'd be excellent at it. Thank you. So that's what I. That's more the direction that God's. And I never would have thought. I mean, I've always known that He's called me to minister to women. Would I have ever thought that it was to minister? To this community of women, no, because I never would have thought divorce was an option, but I love how God surprises us and takes what was used to destroy us, just like um what happened with um joseph and he you know in the bible um and he uses it for our good so that other people will be saved and I love that I love that about God, I love his redemption story and it and it's my redemption story, and I want it to be other women's redemption, redemption story, yeah, I really do. My favorite book growing I mean, like and I had you read it was Redeeming Love. <laughs> I love that book. By Francine Rivers. I read it when I was twenty one. And and one and then there's um I think it's there there's a fount filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Mm-hmm. Um but one of the the there's so yeah, there is the fount him. One of the things, one of the uh lyrics that I love so much, Redeeming Love has been my theme. And will be and shall be till I die, mm-hmm. and that is I have firmly believed that that's the theme of my life is redeeming love, that God has redeemed me with His love so that I can help people experience that love. I just, that, yeah, that's the calling on my life. I haven't read that book in a while. I picked it up. That's so funny. I when the, why I remember is I picked it up last week and I couldn't read it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was just it was. Excellent book. It's incredible. I used to read
0: it, like, every year. Like, I, I read it once a year um, without fail. I don't know what changed when I – I can't pinpoint when I stopped reading it. But um, – and there was a long time when I would read it, and I would skip the, the prologue and just start with chapter one. And um, excellent book if you have not read – Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers, highly recommended oh, by a, these two women. Oh, so. yeah! And my husband, my, my husband read Redeeming Love, mm-hmm. and rather enjoyed it.
1: It's incredible. It's it it's just it's it's yeah, so good. So,
0: um, one of the other books that of hers that I um would read all the time was
1: um, The Scarlet Thread. Did you like that one? I did. Yeah, It's a great book. But did. my one, but the other thing besides redeeming love but that redeeming I love, love is, is the Mark of the Lion series.
0: I read. Yes, I did read the Mark of the Lion,
1: and it's set in um it's set back in Roman, Roman times. Mm-hmm. It's so so good. It I is. it's a three. It it's a the first two are really the, the ones that I really yeah. love. But I don't
0: know that I ever read the third one.
1: Really, really, yeah. Oh, that's good. that's. I really think good. somebody
0: told me that the characters were completely. De- it was like side characters that got the third book and. I was like, yeah, I'll read that someday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> someday still is not here. But maybe you I still will. It's
0: probably been 15 years or more. More. It's been more. That was you way be- before, McKenna. That was
1: Can you believe how long we've known? Like there's sometimes I'm like that was like Have it we just ever not just happened together like right. That, right. <laughs> Good point, but it's just just so weird because Luke just turned 19. 19. Megan's turning 20. 20. I know. In in this month, which is crazy to me, and I still remember meeting meeting you all at that. Um, yeah. It was at my house. It was at your house? Um, and we were this a small, small group, group for
0: and- for married
1: couples. <laughs> 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 I wonder how many of those couples are still married. That's terrible. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I it so I won't say it, but kick Satan's butt. That's right. Okay. So, did you
0: see that from Andrea on Facebook? No. Um. So keep talking. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, anyways, so, um, so I, I, it's amazing to me the war that is waged on families. Mm -hmm. It really, really is, and it's truly a war. One of the things that I love about you and Cliff is just that you've kicked his butt. (laughs) Well, you've kicked Satan's butt. Well, in this, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that is funny. That's so we that was kind of fun. That was kind of hilarious. It couldn't but, have been. But, but how Luke? I think probably was. I think he was like nine months old.
0: He was because Matthew was brand new,
1: mm-hmm. and Luke was
0: yeah, yeah. And Miss Marie would come and watch them. That's right. I love Miss Marie. I know. And she. And I haven't she and- seen her in a long time. Uh, a long, long time.
1: But yeah, but so she and uh, yeah, she would come to our small group and watch the watch the kids. But then she ended up she and she ran the preschool that but all the kids went to. You know, isn't yes, that cool? She did. That's so she
0: uh, was my guidance counselor in high school.
1: Wow. Well Miss Marie spoke so, of life all kinds of life, has she? She has.
0: I can't find it. It was she Here, yeah, let's see.
1: I'm I haven't oh. I'll be real honest, I haven't gotten on Facebook a whole lot. Again. Um it's hard for me to think no, that actually, my life is like so screwed up <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> Your life
0: is not screwed up.
1: Actually, I know that. My it life I, I'm
0: just uh, took a turn that was unexpected.
1: Mhm. No, and again, I know that God has me where I'm supposed to be and he's 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 doing good things and he has me, but it's still hard sometimes just mm-hmm. to understand that to not compare myself with other 40 two-year-olds or other people that I know that are, you know.
0: So our friend Scott Harvey is doing this no-compare November. Mm-hmm. You might want to check that
1: out. <laughs> no, I mean, no, that's why I don't get on Facebook.
0: No, I, I totally understand. If, right? I can't find it, but she tagged you in something, and it was... um.
1: <laughs> that's fun.
0: Yeah, she, she tagged you in something, and it was...
1: Well, that's probably why I haven't seen it, because I haven't really gotten on Facebook. It's just something that... I guess Mr. Harvey and I are on the same <laughs> place. I just know what my temptations are. You know where yes, uh, where I, I could yeah, where I, I can totally um... ah
0: look, I found it.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It says keep calm and kick Satan's.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: That's awesome.
0: Uh, that's Thank a, you, Andrea. That took long, far too long to find, but
1: I love it. Yes. Yeah. That's so fun. Is there something else you want to talk about or do you want me to ask a question? Let's ask
0: a question because my brain's stalling.
1: So okay. we're good. Um <laughs> okay. How do you think your future self will remember your current self? <laughs> this is authentic, right? Absolutely. You know that it is. Yeah.
0: We've already said that we should get an explicit rating, right?
1: I, I would really like...
0: You know me. I'm like...
1: like For me to have because an explicit rating... That my be, future
0: self is going to look at me and be like, that bitch is crazy. <laughs> Steffi.
1: Okay, there's the explicit rating right there. There we go. So I could have said kick Satan's ass. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Well, I'm just saying too.
0: Be, be, here's I look... Um, I hope that as I get older I continue to look back and say I did the best I could. I had fun doing it.
1: <laughs> I believe that. Mhm.
0: And you we were talk Cliff and I were talking um this morning about parenting. And uh someone had reached out to him with a question about a book they're writing. Um, now that you have a, a child off at college, what keeps you up at night? And and <laughs> Cliff is like uh, nothing.
1: <laughs> I was I was really curious as how because I didn't think yeah, anything would okay. Nothing uh-huh.
0: and so we started talking about how we laid a foundation and we have to trust our kids with that foundation, but also we trust them to make stupid decisions because they're. Twenty, you know, 19, 18, and fourteen—they're going to make dumb choices.
1: I still make dumb choices. Just I s- exactly, okay.
0: you know, and um, and so we're talking about this. Well, I had a few years ago, um, uh, one of Matthew's friends' mom said, Matthew's friend said, "Mom, I don't get it because Matthew's parents, Matthew's mom." supports him and and his desire you know to be part of this gaming league and all of this stuff and and his his mom's response to him was well she's doing it wrong Hmm. if i'm doing it wrong i never want to do it right and i think i want that that's what i want my future self to you know if i was doing it wrong i'm glad that i wasn't do it with passion, you know? I I'm doing the best I can. I'm having fun doing it. And I am just figuring it out as I go. It's mm-hmm. a journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: What about you? Um, I think my future self will look back on great compassion to my current self. And, 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 and great compassion and great encouragement to say everything that you have gone through has led you to this place. So don't not enjoy where you are right now because it's for your good. It's where, where you are now, if you wouldn't be where you, where, where, where you were, you wouldn't you wouldn't be this and i know that god has good things for me so i know that my future self is enjoying life and i want to be able to enjoy life right now um what what makes it hard when you're in the middle of grief and sorrow and and, and depression it makes it hard to remember that there is a future mm-hmm. it, but if you're in that place if you're in that sorrowful depressed state, remember that there is a future and then you just have to take the next breath to get there. And, and so just the next step. And I don't know what that future self, that that future self could be next week. I, I hope that I can look back next week to where I am right now and say, did I grow? Did I change? Did I learn something? Did I, then, then you're good. You know, we're, this present state that i am right now i'm good because it's leading me to the to the place that i know god has for me and i just have to take that next step in faith so my future self would just be encouraging i think um be compassionate and um and just and and also say take some take some steps of faith be brave be courageous don't live in fear um that's what I think my future self will say. Would say. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Very good. I like that.
1: Okay. What celebrity would you rate as a perfect ten? Are we going like? Well, that's just how you want to interpret it. What celebrity <laughs> would you rate as a perfect ten?
0: Huh. huh. I. Uh, 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 uh. okay i have one that's actually sticking out in my mind and i just had this amazing conversation about him um last week and so it yeah okay okay i'm gonna say robert downey jr good answer why is that though why well first off he plays iron man yes yes i mean come on um I love his story and how he has risen up from the ashes of what his life was. And, um, I think that that I think that that's an incredible thing. Hmm. And he's really pretty to look at.
1: He is pretty to look at. <laughs> Speaking of ashes, um, so the new Cinderella, I, I start. I watched it again. Again, again we talked okay. about uh, one of the things on my things that I want is the chandelier, it's the chandelier from the movie in, the, in that yeah, movie. I haven't because, rewatched
0: the movie because I need
1: to resee that chandelier. Like I, because it's a goose, and then there's this white goose that follows her throughout the. whole... I mean, mm-hmm. God seriously made that movie just for me. I know that he did. Like I'm, I am perfectly aware of that. Thank you, God, for making cin- the new Cinderella just for Sarah, the princess. Sarah, the princess princess sarah yes um but I, I got to this part where um she was laying by the fire because um everything had been taken away like she's doing all the work she's they've they're they're making her the stepmother and the stepsisters are making her um do all the work and she doesn't have a, a warm place to lay and she's not eating and whatever um But when she goes upstairs, she had been laying by the fire to try to keep warm. She goes upstairs to take them their breakfast. And and the stepmother says, uh," she says, "Um, would have been Ella, what is on your face? And she looks and she's like, she's tried, whatever. And and they said, and her stepsister says something about it's the um, ashes. It's the ashes from the fire that she's been laying in. And and then that's why she said we should just call you Cinderella, because she was with the ashes. the ashes, and she had taken at that point she had taken all that she had taken, her whole heart was to be, um, to be, to be kind and be full of courage. That's what her mom had spoken over her, and so she continued to try to do that. Continued to try to do that. It was at that point that was her breaking point when they started calling her Cinderella making fun of her laying in the ashes. She she runs out the front door. She gets on her white horse and that was at that moment when she ran away from them calling her things and speaking death over her that she runs out and she meets the prince. And I God I just recently watched this and God was again, and I had talked about it, free the dream about ashes and all of these things. I had never noticed that before. I love God's timing that it's in our ashes that we can find our true purpose. Mm -hmm. Her true purpose was to not to, I mean, was to meet the Prince. And I can say that my true purpose in life is to meet Jesus and to become more like him. So I'll I'll go there. Like I'll again, make that theological, but (laughs) I can't help it. But she finds her true purpose in her ashes. And, right. and, and I, I love, I love that. I, I love, love that. Well, so you're talking about Robert Downey Jr. It's those ashes it's it's rising ashes. from it that inspires people or, and not only that, but that you find what you were created and right. meant to do.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and he's not perfect because he's human, but he owns No, his he's past. Iron Man. <laughs> True. <laughs> he's, um, uh,
1: Sorry. I had to put that out there. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yes.
1: But Robert Downey Jr. himself is but human, right? Robert
0: Downey Jr. himself. Well, I mean, Tony Stark is human. Yeah, he uh, just built a really nice suit he that did. made him Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yes, um, it's my it's my favorite Marvel character. I I I, t- oh I love
1: I love Iron Man too. Yes. I tend to go towards Captain America. Do you?
0: So does Megan.
1: Yeah, I love Captain America. Okay, um,
0: on your left. <laughs>
1: but yeah so i can't yeah i
0: i'm more yeah all right no iron man is is my jam and um but yeah so i just said but can i can i tell a cinderella story really really fast (laughs) um i was at kroger last week which was halloween last week so um it wasn't on halloween it was the day before but there was a girl who works with what Our Kroger calls ClickList where you do your shopping online. Someone else shops for you and then you just drive, you just drive through and pick them up. And so there was a ClickList worker who was dressed in costume as Cinderella. Aww. And that was my first, that was, that was, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I mean, she was adorable. She was rocking her look. That was great. And I said, but wait a minute. Because once she was Cinderella, she wouldn't be buying her own groceries, let alone shopping for somebody <laughs> else's.
1: So true. So true. So anyway, I, I got a
0: good I got a good laugh. Yeah. That
1: was all. That's funny.
0: I want to know who who's your idea of a
1: of a perfect Tim?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Andy Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> I love Andy Griffith. I've been in love with him forever. Yeah. Okay, not only was it because he spanned this whole gamut of being this being this single dad, being the sheriff, doing all of that. Then he went to Matlock, Mr. Matlock, and I loved Mr. Matlock. Like I loved how he was a lawyer. So did my grandma. <laughs> I love the way that he. I'm fixed, kidding. I watched Matlock as well. I watched Matlock with my grandma. With my, yeah. um, but um, I loved how he fixed his hot dogs when he was at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, and then not only that, but then he put out this gospel um, mm-hmm. <laughs> CD that I loved. With, like, I loved Andy Griffith. Like, He's a great for, man. Me, for me, he was was the perfect 10. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. I just. I love it. I absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, Andy Griffith. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. He... Tell me three things you remember about kindergarten. Oh. Um.
0: <laughs> okay I'm sorry. so i'm actually gonna tell you something completely different it has nothing to do with kindergarten okay but then okay? We'll, we'll go back to that um Maybe. no we're gonna for me i'm gonna skip that but you can give me three okay. things you know about kindergarten and i'm gonna say that i love these question prompts that that people um have put together questions that are great icebreakers and openers and um thought provokers it's amazing but it is not always in the right setting or in the right person to ask questions like what's your earliest memory? Correct. Or what, you know. And so I'm gonna say that I'm not gonna answer that question because the ones that pop into my head are not shareable. Hmm. Um I will so I love your honesty. Thank you. Um at Uh, nanny's service two weeks ago my cousin sarah stood up and shared this story um we were several people were you know it was given the opportunity for you to stand up and and share a memory and so sarah stood up and shared this memory of what we used to go for easter to my great aunt wilma's and our family you know well nanny and and papa's kids and their kids, and we would go and have Easter with um great Aunt Mama and uncle Clarence and their kids and their kids, like um my great aunt Mama was my papa's sister, and so they and my nanny's best friend and um we all went over there for Easter. I have a few memories of being over there, but um Sarah shared this one, and it was um it was me and Sarah.
1: I love how Sarah's always been in your life. <laughs> and I,
0: yeah. I want to say, I want to say um, my cousin Rebecca, but I, I don't, because the three of us are very close in age, um, but I don't remember how we were at Great Aunt Mama's and um, it was a huge expansive yard and then there were some, some trees going into the woods and so us girls were out in the tree line, walking, and there was what looked like a stick in um in the grass, and so we just keep walking because we're little girls and and we, we keep walking, not knowing that it's not a stick. <laughs> and nanny, um, who y'all, my grandma was five two. <laughs> like, she was she was just. She was 5'2". She's a short little woman and she comes running across the yard with a garden hoe over her head (laughs) because it was not a stick. It was a snake. And uh, I'm sharing this memory as Sarah recited it Mm -hmm. because I have no memory of this. And I was asking, I I was saying to someone how I think that it's unfair that... The bad memories overwhelm the good memories. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is unfair. So I've actually started praying that God will unlock my good memories.
1: That's a beautiful prayer.
0: Because they're there. Mm-hmm. I lived them, I experienced them. They have to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to say, well, three things about kindergarten be- because of that reason, because they're, they're not good
1: well then I'm going to be real authentic with you as well. I think that that well, there's for God's going to use this question yeah. because when I was going to counseling uh for uh, for what happened in my marriage and through the divorce, my counselor so i would um she she was she had a playroom and then she had her office and so um she would notice when I was first going that i would avoid that playroom at all costs. Like I wouldn't want to look at it, didn't want to have anything to do with it, nothing. And I would just go straight into her office, but I had to walk by it. She started noticing, and she started seeing that I was physically uncomfortable with that playroom. And she said, do you want me to shut that door? I said, yes, please. Like, and I don't, and I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't realize that I just, Mm -hmm. and and so I would, I would um, be more comfortable. She let me know a couple after a few sessions of having closed the door and whatever, she said, just so you know, I'm going to open up that door just so you can just see it again. And I said, I just want to warn you that the next time you come in, and I said, "Uh, okay, you know. And um, so she opened it up the next time I was in there. She said, do you mind, would you just look there? Would you just look in there for me? And I said, I could feel the anxiety rising in me. And I said, okay, I'll look in there. Well, going, you know, just we did that first for a little bit getting further, one of the things then she asked me, would I take a step in? And so I took a step in and, and then eventually, um, she, uh, I don't know how many sessions we were in, but eventually she, um, she had to go do something. I decided I was going to be brave. And I walked into that room and, um, she saw, she came in behind me. She said, I want you to go to the first thing where you feel safe. So the very first thing that I went to was this sandbox area. And, um, and she said, and so I started playing in the sand. I sat down on the floor and I started playing in the sand. She said, "Why did you do that?" And I said, "Do you do you have any understanding of why you did that?" And I said, "Well, in kindergarten, <laughs> Mrs. Ritter's camp was my teacher, and she had this, bo- she had a sandbox, but she filled it with rice, and I just I, I I I loved playing in that, playing in that place, and I felt." and she said so you felt safe there i said absolutely i felt safe there and so then she started talking more and more about the things when when i what my where i felt safe in kindergarten what i didn't feel safe was in first grade because first grade for me as your kindergarten is when i experienced something that no little girl should experience mm-hmm. and so she took me back to a place of safety, but I didn't remember why I I didn't remember what happened in first grade. So she took me back to a place of safety and that's what unlocked the memories to help me understand what was keeping me holding me captive what happened in first grade. So um I just think it's interesting that our minds have a way of protecting us mm-hmm. of of making sure that we are as a little girl that we're prote- that something has to protect us. Our minds end up taking over. Um, for me, going back to that place of safety was life was life changing because then at that point then I understood the bad memories mm-hmm. and why I didn't feel safe. And then it helped me to grieve it and to let it go. So I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but, um, but it's good that you're getting... It, it means something to me. <laughs> means It it's good that you're getting... You're mm-hmm. asking for the good memories because I think it's in that that we're able to release the things that are holding us captive that we don't even know about. Right. Um. And so... But for me, it was a memory in kindergarten that helped me to feel safe again to unlock... What had happened. What and, had happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, I love that you and I have that in common. I don't love that it happened to us. Right. But that I have a, someone that can understand that kind mm-hmm. of hurt and pain.
0: No, I, under, I, I understand completely. You know, when um, when I was nine, um, oh, I was maybe eight, late eight, early nine, mm-hmm. um, my um, abuser was actually um, reintroduced into my life and, um, abuse resumed. Um, and when I, right before I turned 10, I went to live with my dad and, um, I like the, the brain is an amazing thing because I lived with my dad and, and stepmom for three years without any memories of Mm -hmm. what had happened to me. And when I was thirteen, I started having these very vivid dreams, and I went to my dad and I said, you know, either there's something wrong with me, or you know, did something happen? And so my dad had to sit down with me and say, you know, something did, but I don't know what. And a counselor told me that my dreams were probably memory, you know, not probably, but but that my dreams were memories, and um, thus the rest of my life began. But um, so I. I I get the safe place. I, I get it. And um for me I wasn't safe until I was nine. That was the first truly safe place that I had ever had. And, and I rem I I remember that feeling. Yeah. All right. We ain't crying today. So. No.
1: Um, but uh, can I tell you something well, that I find so beautiful about that story is that you said, wh- when you were telling it, you felt safe to go to your dad. I did. You knew your dad was a safe place to go and to talk to him about that. That, to me, is so overwhelmingly beautiful. Um, and I I just, I appreciate that, you know, okay. that-, that my
0: dad's know. a remarkable man. Mm-hmm. He is, um, loud and opinionated and, um, <gasps> and, uh, <laughs> he, it, he, he gave me the first example of freedom that I never, I, I didn't understand what freedom was. But I was raised in freedom from the time that I was 9 to 18. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand
1: what it was yet. Right. That's kind of where I feel like I'm at in my life. And you so just- if people ever wonder why
0: I'm loud and opinionated, it was passed down. It's a learned <laughs> trait. <laughs> they said um, at Nanny's, at, um, in, in Nanny's service, um, they said, Nanny's word was law. And I'm like, holy crap. That's right. Nanny's word was law. And... And I think like and then, you know, passed on to my dad. My dad's word was law. It it was. And I don't think I live my life to that extreme where my word is law, but I have lived that in I have learned by that example. Strength. That strength and that mm-hmm. um, unwavering character. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh I love that. I love, I mean, and I can see that in your family and I can see the respect that you all in your family, your immediate family right now. But I I mean, I, that's who I've spent the most time, but even outside of that, but just the respect that you give one another to have differing opinions, to able to have a voice, to be strong. And that is valued. You know, that is, that's valued here. And I love, I love that. I, I just think it's incredible. Thank so, you. Yeah. Um, so what you, what you were talking about with this freedom, that's what God's given me. You don't know you, you don't know you need it and you don't know how to experience it until you get into this place of freedom. And you're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) this is pretty cool. This is awesome. And it's also scary, you know, but it's really, really incredible to be given the freedom to be who you were created to be. And your dad gave you that place and, um, I'm getting to that place again where this, the strength and this confidence to be who God created me to be, to be free, to be that. And that's what I want. That's the message that I, that both just rings from our heart. We sometimes say things, you and I say things differently. I love that. I love how you're just really funny. I'm more theological. I think she's better at it, but you know, it's like this, but freedom and is what just radiates, that message radiates, that mes- yes. Because we understood what it was to be like to be shackled, and we've taken a journey to try to to let go of those things to be free. Yeah. And I and um, I I just love that God put us together so that we can proclaim that message. Absolutely, freedom for the captives. Um, that's what I want to do. And I know that that's what you want to and do. That's what I want to do. And then we no, try to do it. That's authentic. what we're doing. That's what we're doing. I get that. Yes. It's that's what we're doing. Yeah. But I love how he put us together. Who would have thought that when our kids were, you know, uh, one and you know, two and we were in a marriage group, some of us still married, some of us not married, <laughs> that he put us together yeah. to proclaim a message of freedom.
0: Well, I think that it's hilarious. Um, Okay, I'm gonna preface this by saying obviously, no, my husband loves you um, and values our friendship and knows that he doesn't have to understand it. <laughs> but uh with that being said, Cliff 18 years ago <laughs> mm-hmm. would be like, I just I just don't understand like how y'all are connecting because you got nothing in common and I said, okay, maybe on the surface, but that was 18
1: years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. That's what God – look what God did because mm-hmm. Cliff was right. Yeah. On the surface, you and I had nothing in common. We just knew that we were supposed to be best friends. We just knew that we were supposed to do life together. And look what God has done because we were obedient to that. I think that so many – it's so like God to take things that we don't understand on a, on a human level but we just we just follow through with it. We follow the spirit, and then he is able to expound it to something that we never would have thought. I, right. th- that's that's the God that we serve. I, I I love that because it does. It didn't make sense. Cliff was completely right. He was. Yeah, I mean, I didn't tell him that. I still don't tell him that. But. Okay, I will tell him that. <laughs> Cliff, you were completely right. Um, but but I but at the but at the same time. Completely wrong. Completely wrong. Because because he
0: didn't have an understanding
1: of what else was going on. I don't, and we didn't either. Did we? But we knew that we liked Burger King.
0: (laughs) I'm. Have you all ever had Harshie pie from Burger King? (laughs) And I only said, like, you can buy it at the grocery. You sure can. But you can buy it in a single serving. (laughs) Yeah. At Burger King, and a lot of memories were made off of Burger King Harshie pie, Coke. Diet Coke and onion rings.
1: Yes. And a playground for the kids to and play a on. a
0: playground for our kids to play on.
1: Yeah. Was, a whole lot. That, yeah. that's a, that, that honestly is a sacred hallow place. It is. I don't go there anymore. Nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm appreciative of it. So thank you, Burger actually, King. I actually drove by Burger King the other day. I was like, that smells horrible. I know. I can't believe we spent, but <laughs> we it was spent safe, so much time there. It was a safe haven. It was. It really was. Yeah. I need to try to, I'm going to write for, this down. I need to tell about the first time I was pulled over. I'm going to do That's that. That's hilarious. Next, okay. The next Write that time down. I we'll am. share that next yeah. week.
0: You guys, thank you so much for joining us again and on, on this journey. And, um, we, we've said it many times. This will be our most authentic season yet. Well, I, I hope after this, they would just keep getting, let like season four. We're just going to be fake as we can be <laughs> like, we're just going to make crap up. <laughs> McKenna, mckenna wants to start a podcast called making crap up only it's not crap that she you know
1: With the. Wait, yes. we already went explicit you know <laughs> yes, yes.
0: making shit up <laughs> as the podcast that my that my 14 year old one wants to start and it'll be you know
1: starring our family and she'll just make stuff up i love i love so, uh, so my dad got me a sign uh-oh um it's going to go perfect with this, with this episode, because, um, you know, because the first words I said after the wreck, we're shit. And I kept saying it. And my mom's like looking for glasses. My dad's checking his golf clubs. And my sister, I don't even know what my sister was doing, but that's what that's. And then, so I did say, I said that word over and over. And my mom's like, Sarah, stop saying that word. And then I start praying. So that's what happened. So that's that. But um, so he found a sign for me and it says, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. That's, And he bought it for me. So that's on my desk. And so you'd have to change mine to a lot. Well, that's (laughs) true. So I love that we um, are, you know, followers of Jesus. But I guess with the new explicit rating, you have to understand we cuss a little. (laughs)
0: We we cuss a little.
1: Okay. So sorry.
0: Um, And sometimes, sometimes the harsher word is just (laughs) necessary. Anyway. Again, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. And until next time, we encourage you to live your life authentically.